to another exciting episode of the Supply Chain Ambassador Podcast. I'm Bruno, here to bring you supply chain insights in a fun and engaging way. I had a dream the other day where I was on stage in front of a crowd. I went to speak, but no sound came from me. I know, silly dream, right? Well, that's not the case for many people out there who get nervous about getting up on stage, speaking in front of a crowd, or giving a work presentation. Even doing this podcast, I have had to overcome some anxiety of speaking publicly on this platform. It's a good thing then that I have a phenomenal guest here with me today. On today's podcast, we're really going to discover what it takes to get that courage, to be comfortable as a public speaker. And here with me today is Alex Keenan. Now, Alex is a public speaking and communication consultant who helps business owners and purpose-driven professionals get their message to the people. She takes the ick out of public speaking with a down-to-earth approach that builds confidence and poise by tapping into clients' own creativity and sense of humor. Having spoken everywhere from courtrooms to conferences to comedy bars, Alex shares the secrets to speaking in a fun and powerfully authentic way. So with that said, welcome, Alex. Thank you, Bruno. I know I'm a bit different from the speakers your audience is used to hearing on here, but it's great to have the opportunity. Oh, wonderful. So tell us a bit about yourself, aside from what I just said <laughs> 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 about in your bio. <laughs> sure. I. I'm someone who is interested in the conditions that support humans in living happy and fulfilled lives. And what are the barriers to doing that? And one thing that really interests me is communication, the way we connect with each other. So ever since I was young, I have been the person in my family who was paying attention to where everybody was getting their information, how they saw the world, and really picking up on how do you connect with this person and how do you talk to them in a way that they are going to respond to. And so that pretty naturally lent itself into my career. I practiced law for a while, so I was in the business of persuasion. Eventually I realized that that whole profession was just not a good fit for me. So now I run a business called Stage Light Communications. And basically what I do is I teach, I train people and groups in public speaking and in communications and leadership influence. So I work with individuals, businesses, and nonprofits to help them be more effective and I would say productive in the way they communicate with others. Oh, wow. Now, according to the National Social Anxiety Center, the fear of public speaking is the most common phobia ahead of death, spiders, or the fear of heights. How do you interpret this information? Well, I am very familiar with that, with that, those statistics that are used there. And um, not to get too geeky, but that yeah. was actually based on a pretty flawed study. Basically, <laughs> 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 what they did in that study was they just said to some people, what are you most afraid of? And people, it was very open-ended. People could say whatever they wanted and they could give as many answers as they wanted. So if you look at what people responded to that study, you know, 
heights, sharks, getting sick, a lot of things that basically could kill you. So if you add up all the things people are afraid of and how many people are afraid of things that could kill them, but didn't say specifically death, you know, death is still a lot scarier than public speaking. And so that old Seinfeld joke about if you're at the funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy, it doesn't quite stand up. <laughs> but for sure, it is a very common fear. For some people, it's a debilitating fear, and that's that's very real. I have to say that uh, my quote of the day, believe it or not, was the Seinfeld <laughs> little <laughs> excerpt. So that completely takes my quote out of the oh. equation. Sorry to take the wind out of your sails, Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but oh. for sure, that, that fear is real. I mean, uh, one of my favorite stories is about Adele, the singer, the Adele, who gets stage fright so badly that she once tried to sneak out the fire escape before one of her shows rather than get on stage. And so it really has very little to do with your talent and everything to do with the fact that getting up in front of people and being alone and to share your ideas and risk being rejected is a very, very vulnerable experience. I mean, we are social animals. We rely for our survival on being accepted by the group that we're in. And so anything that could jeopardize that acceptance is incredibly scary. Yeah, wow. What are some misconceptions that people have had about public speaking? Uh, that it's all about counting ums. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know there, there are some approaches that where you say, okay, like let's count how many of these disfluencies, the ums and uhs and likes and so's and you knows that are in your speech. And that's one way to do it. It's not one that I really agree with, to be perfectly honest with you. I think the way that we speak naturally is something that we've evolved, um, exists in some form in every language. And I'm more interested in not, not how many times you use a disfluency, but why you do it. And so we have these very, very complex ways that we communicate with each other. And a lot of it is unconscious. And so if you are speaking and you keep saying, um, 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 what I want to know is, you know, why are you doing that? Is it because you're dealing with really delicate subject matter and you want to be very, very careful about how you express it? Is it because you wrote something down and then you didn't practice it and so you're searching for what you want to say? Or is it because you're speaking in something that isn't your first language and you're getting mixed up on the word order or something like that? And so it's more about finding ways to make this work for you rather than fitting into some kind of mold, I think is the, the number one misconception. Wow, that's very interesting that you point that out. When I edit my videos and I cut the audio, I always try to cut out as many ums and ahs. But if I don't address the problem of why I say it, right, and get to the root cause, then I really am not eliminating, solving the problem, so to say. What sets your services apart? Well, I think that what's at the core of, of the way that I work with people is it's all about creativity and what I call powerful authenticity. And so I really feel very strongly there is no one way to do this. Hmm. And when I run a group program, one of the first things that I usually ask people is share with the rest of us a video of a speaker that you admire. And the results are all over the map. There are some people who really like the formal, very concise, uh, for, uh, I already said formal, but, but this way of speaking that's kind of traditional. Other people prefer a really conversational tone. Other people like a lot of creativity and humor to be brought in. It's 
it's all over the map. And so every individual person has this particular way that they communicate that they feel comfortable communicating and that is going to resonate with their audience. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like to impose, here's the way you should do this. There yeah. are techniques that are going to make you more effective, whatever you do. But I really like to make it about that person and what's going to work best for them. So authentic in the sense that it aligns with who you are, mm-hmm. but powerful in the sense that you are building an awareness of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then you can make choices about whether you want to do things one way or another. And so I find in particular people who have marginalized identities of some way, um, the way that they speak might be discounted or devalued. And so you can have some way of speaking that if you walk into a room, say, of dressed up business people, that you might be judged because you communicate that way. So you can say, I know what I do and why I do it. And it's gonna work in some contexts. It's not gonna land in others. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make a choice. Do I want to shift this in order to be able to connect with this audience and get what what I want, achieve my goal in speaking here? Or is this something that's not negotiable for me? And this is how I speak, this is how I'm going to come in and people can just learn to deal with it. And so I, I take that approach and um, I really try to make it fun. I think that when we speak, we are doing so with whole people. And so we're bringing our personality, we're bringing our connection with the audiences and we want to have fun. So Bruno, you and I met through the improv community. Yeah. I train and perform an improv comedy and I bring these principles of spontaneity and creativity into the way that I train and that I coach. And that's what it's really about for me. Is let's wow. make this so that we can, we can really express ourselves and enjoy the situation. The people that you see who show up somewhere and they walk into a room and people notice and they mm-hmm. just feel so natural and they just electrify an audience. Mm-hmm. They're operating in this zone where it's intuitive and it's creative and it's fun for them. And mm-hmm. anybody can get there. I really like that authentic aspect of, of your offerings. What are the various ways that you help clients solve their problems? Well, I do a few different things. So I work with people one-on-one to solve their individual challenges. So that might be helping them work through fear of public speaking and the limiting beliefs that are acting as a barrier to them expressing themselves fully. I help clarify ideas. So sometimes you have to do a presentation and you just have this cloud of ideas swirling around your head and you're not sure how to start and how to turn it into something that's going to be clear and compelling for an audience. Mm-hmm. I help uh, speech write. I help review when people are doing the performance to say, oh, you might want to change this up. You might want to do this or you need an, an extra line in here to wrap this up. Um, and I, I even work with people who are doing, say, a group program like Toastmasters and they get feedback in that group and they're going, I don't know how to actually implement this feedback. Mm-hmm. And so I'll work with my clients and say, okay, here's a practice that you can use to develop this habit so that you will stop doing that thing that people complained about or you can get stronger at this thing they said you should get stronger at. Mm-hmm. And I, I do group programs as well, which I find is really helpful for people who need that practice in mm-hmm. front of a group and they need uh, some kind of accountability to um, to keep coming back to it. Because sometimes when it's scary, you need some extra push to keep doing it over and over and over again. Absolutely. What are some few public speaking tips and tricks that you can share with us? 
Well, the first one is one that I have to remind myself of all the time, and it is to breathe. <laughs> so when you're feeling nervous, oftentimes I feel I start to speak more quickly or breathing shallowly. Mm -hmm. And if you just take a few deep breaths into your belly, that can really start to bring your nervous system down and make you feel more calm. And it also helps you speak more slowly because you can't breathe and speak at the same time. You've got to take that pause and let the audience soak in what you said. Give yourself a little bit of time to, to move on to the next point. Mm -hmm. Second piece of advice I would say is to think about your goal and your audience. And so what I tell people whenever they're preparing a presentation is there are basically four things that you want to know is how does your audience relate to your goal? I'm sorry, the first one is what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish here? The second is how does your audience relate intellectually and emotionally to your goal? The third is what do you want them to do? And the fourth is what do they need to hear before they're willing and able to do that thing? Mm -hmm. And if you have those four things, you've got a presentation. If you mm -hmm. don't have them, you're missing something. I see. Okay. And then, yeah, and then I think the third thing is to look into your camera. If you're presenting virtually, mm -hmm. this is how you engage with people, if you look into the camera. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of my camera lens as Wally. -E. It makes it, you know, it's, it's a robot, it's an unblinking mechanical eye, but if I think about it as Wally, -E, then it's a bit more friendly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, especially nowadays, everything's virtual. So yeah, getting comfortable behind the camera is definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's this weird thing where we're looking at people's faces and gauging their reactions, but then to them, it looks like you're not making eye contact. So if you can be shifting between looking into the camera and then looking at your your grid of people on Zoom, mm -hmm. people responding then back at the camera, it really feels like you're making eye contact and that helps your audience connect with you more. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, you shared with us just a few things that we can do. Um, how can we as listeners find out more information? Well, you can go to my website, stagelight.ca. And while you're there, you can sign up for my website. I give away a couple of resources for people who are on my mailing list. So one of them is a speech writing cheat sheet, just a, okay. a worksheet to help you organize your thoughts and get something that will work in pretty much any context. And the second is a webinar about tips for online presentations. So that's stagelight.ca. You can also book an appointment with me if you want to chat. And the second way is to join my Facebook group, which is called Get Your Speak On. Yeah. And it's, I try to make it a fun place to hang out. It's, mm -hmm. So there are tips. I do bite-sized lunchtime webinars on different public speaking topics, but we also have a lot of cat jokes. <laughs> and who doesn't love a good cat joke? <laughs> Monsters, that's who. Any call to action for listeners? Put yourself out there and find some way to practice public speaking, no matter what it is, no matter how small it is. Uh, the more you bring this into your life, the more natural it will feel and the more you will be free to express yourself in all contexts. And if you are looking for a safe space to try that out, then join Get Your Speak On and do a Facebook Live. We're friendly people over there. Yeah. I can attest to it. I've had to, uh, I've learned a great deal being in that group and also being able to feel like I'm part of a community that's very supportive. So definitely uh, that's a wonderful group to get on. Get your speak on on Facebook. 
Well, I've run out of questions, Alex. Uh, it's been a great, fantastic pleasure to, to have you on the show and for you to share your insights and your knowledge and to educate us and to alleviate a lot of our fears when it comes to speaking publicly. Um, I do have the quote of the day today, which uh, we made a reference to earlier. This was a Jerry Seinfeld piece. Uh, if you don't know, Jerry Seinfeld is a comedian and a television personality who starred in a popular TV uh, series called Seinfeld. And the quote says, according, uh, this was, I guess, a snip from one of his shows where he says, uh, according to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Death is number two. Does that sound right? This means to the average person, if you go to a funeral, you're better off in a casket than doing a eulogy. Now, we know that this study is very inaccurate because Alex was so kind enough to uh, really <laughs> educate us on that. So, uh, but either way, it's still a very funny quote. So I thought I should throw that in there. Can I add another quote for now? Yeah, please. Uh, Mark, Mark Twain, so who wrote uh, Huck Finn, was actually- Great folks. Yes, yes, he was actually well-known as a public speaker in his time. And yeah. he had a quote that said, there are two kinds of people, there are two kinds of public speakers, those who are nervous and those who are lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a fantastic quote. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> I would fit into the nervous category for sure. <laughs> well, thanks again, Alex, for really taking the time. I really appreciate this. Uh, and I hope uh, we can continue to learn more. And if we have any further questions, your website certainly seems like a place to go. So thank you for coming and doing this. Thank you so much, Bernard. It's been a pleasure. Perfect. Perfect.